Hello, everybody. I'm going to do this segment on healing. So this is episode one of seven of the healing process of basically myself. And whatever you get from it is what you get. And I hope the audio is good right now because my phone is actually broke and the speaker is a little funky. But we're going to see. I just had a radical awakening. If you've never read the book by Dr. Shivali, you should probably read that book, Radical Awakening, because this awakening happened all at once and it seemed like it happened and nobody knew what was going on and I just didn't either and it was weird and it was a lot of health problems and family history and lies and all these things in my family history that just kept me freaking crazy and hysterical of like what is wrong with me what is wrong with me is that I am a a really good pretender And I didn't want to pretend anymore. So when my Thanksgiving plans, I'll say, blew up in my face um, with family, I just had to disconnect myself. And so I knew from previous relationships, said person said that when you get around your family, you go hateful, you get like out of character and I don't like it. And it's not very fair, but I'm like letting you heal, you know, And I didn't realize how much that was true until I did. So chaos has always been super familiar to me. So, you know, growing up, it was very chaotic and I held anxiety and very much a lot of it, anger, so much anger. And when I got free, I will say, um, and went to college, I went crazy. I was not sheltered anymore. I was not told what to do anymore. I was not structured and I didn't have any structure to what I did. I literally went freaking crazy. Um, Drinking a lot. I have a lot of stories where I'm drunk. I have a lot of um, meetings of people and starting of Facebook. Facebook started for me in 2009 when I was starting like college, maybe like October of 2009. And I started networking drunk. So I'm in network marketing in the field almost five years now. And I started networking drunk. I would sit out and smoke cigarettes on the porch of Phillips Hall at my college that I won't name because it's just unnecessary. Um, if you were there, you're there. If you don't even know. Um, but I would just say to people like loudly, where are you going? What are you about to do? And if you remember me from college, that's what I did. I, I forcefully made people be my friend. Cause I did not have time to think about if people were going to like me or not. And so like, that is where my, I don't give a crap. Like, do you like me or you not? Like if you don't get out of my way, cause like you're in my way. Um, so I forced people to be my friend drunk. I was like drunk. And then if, even if I was like sober, I was like, you're gonna be my friend. And I still do that to this day. It's uh, everything I'm talking about in therapy. But anyway, so yeah, I was like so lonely with my angry thoughts that I made people be my friend. And my friends will be like, no, you didn't make me be your friend. You're just a great person. Um, And sometimes I half believe what they say about that, but whatever. So I did that a lot. And all of my stories of like crazy stuff, crazy stuff in 2009, 2010, 2011, intensely crazy stuff that happened in my life. I was drunk. And I was making it in school because I didn't start flunking until my last year um, where I was drinking so intensively. And then also I was like having some greenery of the earth and I'll just say, and I made some different lifestyle decisions that just didn't feel right to me at the time. So I just got depressed and quit. I quit the only thing that I could hyper focus on that gave me stability in my mind And I quit college and it broke me. It absolutely freaking broke me. And I did nothing but stay depressed after that. Um, And so, yeah, I was pissed off at myself. I was upset that I stopped doing all the learning things. But really, whenever I was depressed like that and I was so like far gone, out, checked out, hating myself, all these things for all the decisions that I had made, Like I hyper-focused on psychology. I hyper-focused on the books that I still had rented or owned from my classes. And I studied the mind so much 
that I wanted to get control over mine and just like get strong willpower, but I stayed hating myself and you can't have a functional life doing that. So, um, in the years to come, I was just accepting that because I didn't have a radical awakening. I didn't have network marketing. I didn't have, you know, any personal development in my life. I was like online dating because I wasn't going anywhere. I was staying inside my house. And so I was in denial about literally everything, literally freaking everything and hated myself, hated being in relationships. I never took anywhere, anybody around my family because I never wanted to get serious with anybody. Um, I felt like I was so broken and damaged that I was no good. I was damaged goods. Nobody should be with me. I was a terrible person. Um, and I felt all those things about myself until I didn't. So the very first time that somebody offered to show me personal development was some guy that was dating, pretend dating. It's just like online dating. Um, online showed me, um, what you call it? Eric Thomas, the, how bad do you want it video? And I, I remember that clear as day. Cause I hyper-focused on him, like loving everything about him and all the things that he was. Cause I was such a chameleon in relationships, obviously. Anyways. So I just, um, conform to my surroundings all the time. And if I hyper focus on a person, then I would like engulf myself in like trying to fix them because I'm a fixer. Um, and then also like if somebody doesn't take care of themselves, I'm going to try to take care of them. Even though I didn't focus on taking care of myself, which I'm doing now in life, a little 30 years too late, but whatever, I guess it's never too late. Take care of yourself. Anyways, from what I've been going through, it just, I needed to do this podcast to cleanse myself of something. So I just needed to let people know that this has been going on for so many years of just me overcoming my own battles. And I think it's super helpful to share that. And I don't like sometimes that we're like so hyper-focused on people online because it gets really pressurizing and too much. And so like I've disappeared from social media before and like it was just seemingly like something that was going to clear my mental health, but I don't really know if it does, to be honest, being alone with stuff like that is just not helpful either. Um, but I have just in my life reached for the bottle with losses. I have lost my grandfather who I thought was like my dad figure at the time because I would always go as an escape to their house. Um, and he was very kind to me and he, showed me a lot of kindness and a lot about, you know, carpentry and woodworking and, you know, nature, appreciating nature. And, you know, I was very attached to my granddad and it's emotional for me. So I'm not going to talk too much about that, but he literally, every time that I woke up from staying at his house, he would always see me coming down the long hallway and he would say, here she is, Miss America. And I just, I enveloped that into my business now. I call my girls Miss America. Um, I have some men on my team, but I haven't done that yet. And I just want to be like culturally appropriate and like appropriate and respectful to all people, no matter what walk of life that they have, because I've walked a lot of life um, in my 30 years. So anyways, I am always inclusive for that reason is that I know what it's like for people to be very unkind to me and how that feels. And I never wanted anybody to feel that way. So I try to stay strong in that and say like, you will never, um, feel that for me. And if you do, it's like, so out of character, like, please know that something is seriously, seriously wrong with me. Um, and that's what I value as my leadership in my team is that, you know, people noticed and it's hard sometimes when there's so much going on in life and everything else that to notice something like that and not to paint it out to be crazy it is crazy behavior, but also like notice. And I had a similar situation with a team member that was like, I just wanted somebody that was in deep despair, um, for good reason. Um, and I was like, I just wanted somebody to notice like karma always gets you, whether it's good or bad, or like life always comes around and goes around. That's why I say, don't think that you can't be there tomorrow. Cause I totally was. And I realized that that person was totally right. Like you just want somebody to notice, Um, and I felt like a little bit of guilt about that because I always carry some sort of guilt, leadership guilt, um, or what that I just talk through and let go, but it's hard. And I talk through my team to let them know not to carry mom guilt and let that stuff go, but it's really, really hard. And I get that. 
So <clears throat> anyhow, uh, other times, like I apologize for speaking because I was just cut off as a child or cut off as an adult or silenced or told like your opinion doesn't matter without saying your opinion doesn't matter. So it's like very triggering to me to um, have somebody tell me that I talk too much. And I have a friend that is a very loyal friend. Like we call each other GoPro buddies that they have said that to her in her life too. And it annoys the crap out of me because your voice matters. And, but the other thing is, is like, if you've ever said that to me, like my trigger is my problem. It's not for you to dance around. It's not for you to like not say it. So you don't walk on eggshells around me because I don't want that either. But like, I will handle my own triggers internally every single time. And try to hang, handle it very healthily because I never want to be like a super B or like a super um, terrible, angry person to you. So anyways, um, yeah, I've been told that a lot that I type novels, which I do because I have so much love in my heart to give. Um, and it's not saying that these people are bad for saying that. It's just my mentality of like saying that's my trigger with don't cut me off. Don't say that I'm too much or don't, you know, make fun of that. Cause it's, it's not a joke to me. It's like an insulting mockery, but I don't tell people that because I don't want them to stop joking with me. Cause joking has been the only way that I have been able to cope in life. And comedians, they say are the saddest people because they know the most hurt. And that is true in my own life. So I joke a lot. I'm a bit sarcastic and a bit like too much sometimes in a group setting to where it gets weird or not weird, but it gets like insulting to something. And then I want to get out of it. I want to like jump out of that, that conversation because I'm not trying to mock somebody or insult somebody. Um, because I know what that's like. I know what it's so like to be insulted, like jokes being insulting and then mocked as well. And I don't take kindly to that either. And I don't ever want to be associated with people that do that because it's not very nice. Have I done that in the past? Absolutely. We all went to high school. Have I done it in the past in college? Absolutely. I was drunk every day. Have I done that in the past in leadership and MLM? Absolutely. Because I am a human and you know, sometimes you want to fit in, but also sometimes you like have to realize that you can't talk a talk and then walk a different walk. And I don't want to do that either. So if I was ever called out on it or whatever, I always like reached out to a person and said, yes, that is so good that you keep me accountable. Um, and then we'll have ever said that, you know, I, I, I don't ever paint myself as like, I'm not ever messing up because I don't want you to think that either because you as a leader are always going to mess up in some way, some shape or some form or some fashion. Um, because that not humanizing my parents was a very big mistake for me and not humanizing people as leaderships. Like that is so bad too, because you know, some people leave their MLM companies and then go make an exit video and they're like, my upline, yada, yada, yada. I tried not to do that. And with the company as well. Like the company was a, a stepping stone experience for a reason. I signed a presenter's agreement or a rep agreement and I read it thoroughly because I always do legally. And, you know, leaving a company and going against that, like you just can't do that. You have to like follow the guidelines. And then also leadership was I maddie about like stuff that went on? Of course, but I'm not going to publicly shame somebody because I've been shamed my entire life with my weight, with my voice, um, my accent, my sexuality, my, before anything ever happened, I was like accused of this and then accused of that. Um, I have been so drunk that there have been videos made about me. Um, so I've been like shamed so much in my life that I wouldn't not intentionally want to do that to somebody because it's so unkind. And I also just had a breakup and I would never like publicly like shame him to death because he's a nice person. Every single person that I've dated that even like proposed to me or like try to give me a ring of some sort because they, they did. Um, and I was like, no, I'm not good for you. Like get out of here. Goodbye. And try to like break that off. Like I would never be lovable to them ever. So just get away from me. Um, because of like how I thought about myself. So I would never like publicly shame XYZ people that I have been with, um, publicly because they shame me if they were certain people and if they weren't and they were great people, 
then I would still never do that to them, period. Because I would never want somebody to just put my dirty laundry all over social media. Um, I'm just not going to talk crap about them on the internet. In, in PMs when you're mad, of course, whatever. But, you know, as far as like publicly putting their picture up there and all of that stuff, have I done it and took it down? Absolutely. Have I done stupid things on TikTok or elsewhere and took it down? Absolutely. Because I'm a human and I want to protect the image that I want to portray. But as a human, sometimes you don't know what exactly that is at the time when you're going through a hard, hard emotion. So it's really complicated. Really, really complicated, especially when you're going through a lot at one time, which was me recently, just like the loss of a lot of people in my family at once, just telling myself I can't be around that because it's very toxic. And then the other thing is I did cut off a relationship at the same time because I'm, I'm like an all in or all out type of person for a lot of things that I go strong willed ham in, um, because it's, it matters to me that I don't just tap into this or step my foot into that or put my toes in the water for this. Like I'm all in or I'm all out. Like I'm all loyal to a relationship or I'm all not like in a relationship period. Um, I'm all loyal to an upline or I'm all not, you know, like, have I been in other people's inboxes being like, I don't know. I'm questioning this. Of course. Like that's why I'm to the extreme that I am is because I have just created that as like a security mechanism or defense mechanism. And it was not appreciated in relationships. Obviously it's like, I want you, then I don't, I want you, then I don't, I'm all in or I'm all out. That's really not really cool. Um, but as far as business, I have never been like that until recently. So let's talk about that. So alcoholism is something that I've denied myself forever because I told myself like, I don't have a problem. Like I was really, really crazy in high in college or whatever, and I don't have a problem. So it is a problem because when you have to be dependent upon something to knock the edge off or when you have to be dependent upon something to, you know, uh, soothe you to sleep, it's a problem. So, you know, I wasn't trying to um, do that, but I did. I gave it away. Then I took it back. Then I drank a little bit and then I just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on. And it's not appropriate because of how I was like embarrassed of myself, not embarrassing myself, but embarrassed of myself on social media because I work on social media. So yeah, that was all that (laughs) anyway, but admitting that you have a problem is the first thing, you know, because I studied freaking psychology in uh, college before I dropped out. And then the next thing is I've been to a lot of therapy over the years. And then the next thing is like, Like I said, when I was depressed, I was not dormant and with my mind, I had to keep my mind going on something or else I'd go crazy. Right. So I read the power, which is like the branch off from the secret. I also read, you know, my first depression stint, I will say for a lot of years, um, was me reading my old psychological books from college to like really understand the mind. I had a lot of classes in college that I had books of, and I was just reading them, um, Because it's very interesting to see the psychology of sales, to see the psychology of team and how to get, you know, win friends and influence people. But also like the psychology is like really, really intense Um, in MLM. So, or network marketing, whatever you do, direct sales, I don't even know. I hyper-focus in a certain area and I tell myself that that is my position. This is my role and this is what I do. So it don't make, it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. But I will do this and I will put up a structure of some kind because I need order. When I feel like there is no order, I get so angry that I'm like, if if not this, I'm going to go find something else. You know, if not this, I'm going to go find something else. Um, And I did, you know, different spaces and different places. Like I said, there is no order here. I have to go create something new. And when I get frustrated for the longest, I just give up. I said, okay, there's no space for me here. I'm going to do something else. So you have to do what is best for your mental health, like all the time. And so I did like, if you can only get so far with some things, you have to create something that is a space for you that you're going to feel like there's order and that you belong in and that other people like yourself belong in too. And I'm all about community. Um, and I love that, like helping people. Also, there's like a big trigger for me. Somebody in my life told me that I was a coach that can't. And that has always been something that's come out of my mouth and in my content and stuff is like, I am the coach that can. 
like teachers at um, like your professors at college, some of them don't even have, you know, experience 10 years in medical field, but they're teaching you medical stuff because they read the books. They did the stuff. They took, got their degree. They have experience with knowledge and that's okay. That's me. That's absolutely freaking me. So I have all this knowledge because when I was away from social media, I was not working that business, but I was like watching people of influence that did great things and produced great results go like go ham and I can name them all but it's like so many of you that are I don't know if you'll ever listen to this but anyways um that had really good business strategies or that had really good MLM strategies or that had really good recruiting strategies or this or this or that and my other thing about PTSD is like I don't want to come off as a know-it-all and I don't know it all but I'm very open-minded and perspective wise and like when people judge that I just remove myself from the situation and don't take it like that because I, I have to, or else I will be very irritant about that and not be okay. So I'm trying to keep my mental health and all these things. And MLM, it's really hard because people consume so much that, um, that it just, and I'm an empath and like, I will consume all of that and twist it into like, it's my fault and all this stuff. And then I'll just get really angry with myself (laughs) and it's not bad. It's, I'm not angry at anybody or anything, but I'm just like really consuming that. So, um, I had questioned MLM a lot because a lot of people, you know, consume a lot and they get drained and they, it's cause they're just machines and they don't ever stop. So that was me. I get so consumed and hyper-focused in this because I love it so much. I'm so passionate about the industry. I'm so passionate about what I do. And I'm so passionate about the fact that mental health matters. And it keeps my brain going like nonstop to where I'm not thinking about my problems. And that was a big, big problem for me. So I had to admit that I just never stopped and hyper-focused on work, hyper-focused on anything, literally anything else. And literally helping a lot of people and never helping myself um, over the years. And that's what drove me to whatever has happened in the past, you know, month. I feel like I've lost a month of my life. I feel like, um, when I talk about it before I I kept saying like, I couldn't even move myself forward to Christmas. Um, even though it's coming up soon. And I was like stuck on Thanksgiving because it was so traumatic for me that it, my life was so good. And then it wasn't, um, and not having that structure of like feeling stable with, you know, family life and then business life, it pulled like a rug out from underneath of me and it freaked me the freak out. (laughs) So yeah, I'm just like learning my new normal. And of course I broke my sobriety, which I was not happy about. Um, but I didn't do it to excess. Like I don't want people to think that I just like went on bender drinking things and like did crazy things at bars. I don't know. I just was very unhappy with myself that I had a drink at all. Um, and I, it wasn't like, I was tempted by what was here. It was like, I went out and got what I used to drink and I gave all of it back except for one. And I still drank it because I still needed to knock the edge off to go to sleep. And it's just not okay with me because that's not the person that I am anymore. None of the stuff that I was doing was the person that I was anymore. 10 years ago. Absolutely. Like lost drink till you can not stand up and, you know, do whatever you want to do. And, you know, stay drunk for days. I literally stay drunk for whole weekends and days and five days at a time, probably. Um, but this loss all at once, I was very proud of myself, but I wasn't, I was proud of myself that I only drank one bottle. Um, and then like one beer, I think no. Yeah. One total beer, we'll call it. And then I was not proud of myself because I did some crazy things that are just needing to stay unmentioned. Um, And I was trying to figure myself out and I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me, but it was a lot emotionally for sure. But there is like medically something wrong with me, but I can't speak about it Um, because that's intense to me too, is like everybody jumps in to try to tell me what's wrong and they don't know. Like they're just trying to give me some suggestions and I don't see it like that because of my PTSD of people trying to diagnose me with Western Himes medicine that I don't even believe in. Um fully 
And also, I love to treat myself holistically with like essential oils and, you know, natural things of the earth like sage and omega-3s and fish oil and all this different stuff. And I have been, I won't say force fed, but I've been like forced to believe in coercion that westernized medicine is the best thing you could ever get. And it's not ever been my belief. Um, so I was just trying to like think my own thoughts and do my own thing and take care of myself naturally with natural oils. And I love CBD hemp. I don't even do the THC part. Um, just natural based stuff because ever since I started doing that, I felt so much better. I was very vitamin and mineral deficient from being inside for so many years without vitamin D, which is the sun. Um, sun exposure. I didn't have a lot of that. Also the diet that was brought to me was not very good. Okay. So it was like we ate straight eggs because of poverty or, you know, we ate fast food a lot because of whatever. I can't even explain that one, but my body was craving so much fruit and vegetables and vitamins and things that I kind of bought from Thrive um, to help with that. And I, when I did lose like 99 pounds, I was doing it right. Cause I had a very, um, good friend who had lost 125 at a, um, gym facility and we were Zumba, um, dancing. And then we were also eating very healthy. And she was teaching me about really good nutrition. And I wasn't obsessive with like what I weighed on the scale. I was just like really into learning because I had never learned before with living in three different, like very Southern comfort food type of deals. And ever since I switched my diet to more naturally based stuff and less processed food and just kept myself not overwhelmed with social activity, I have been doing fine. Um, but yes, every single night waiting on CBD to get here or waiting on some sort of relief. Cause I do like sleep from thrive or not sleep rest from thrive. I do like, um, sweet dreams, gummies that are not even CBD related from Amway just to knock the edge off so that I could sleep because I can be functional during the day and be like super, totally fine. But I do get overstimulated by social activity, and that's never made sense to anybody. But it makes sense to me because of what I've been through. The last thing is that alcohol is very dehydrating. I don't drink sodas, never have. Caffeine is a stimulant. I don't need a stimulant in my brain. Um, nicotine is also a stimulant. I also quit nicotine a long time ago. I just vape on zero nick, and it smells good. I love smells, but I can get overwhelmed with smells. Like... Bath and Body Works, I cannot go in that store. Um, I was with my team out at a parade and I had to step inside whenever the fire trucks were like really, really loud. I'm hypersensitive to sounds because I spent so many years inside. Um, I can handle the sirens because it's something normal that happens out this way. But as far as um, like the fire truck with like the really intense whatever, I had to step inside. Um, also, at the car dealership that was close, the rep um, told me about the train. Um, when I used to work at a tax place, it was right beside the um, train track, and it would always make me really anxious. And then the time that I was with the car dealership guy, um, rep, he told me about tubes in my ears, and I was like, it's a possibility because I always have like leaky ears. Um, but... You know, it just was all this stuff at once about my medical care that was not important growing up in poverty. Medical care, medical health insurance, medical visits, not important. It's important to take your children to the hospital if they need to go. It's important to do like preventative care with your children because it could have prevented a lot of problems for me, to be honest. And then, yes, the only thing that really upsets me about medium me being disappointed in myself is just like that I had a choice and I didn't make the right one about seeking medical attention sooner um, because I did get some assistance in college for like food stamps because that was a thing back then I was paying like $300 in rent in an apartment that was not really an apartment 
but I never sought out like Medicaid or anything to like help me to get anything taken care of, like anything that could have been preventable or anything. Um, and also, you know, I didn't stick with the therapy back then because I was also in denial back then that I had any sort of anxiousness happening. Um, but yeah, so the reason I've been doing so good for the past, like 18 months is because I've lived independently and I've had a very structured routine. I'm like a creature of habit and I had a very structured routine and I was doing very good. Um, the only thing that screwed all that up is basically lifting up the rug and seeing what was underneath there. That was very painful to look at. And I'm a very nice person. I'm a very good philanthropist, I think you call it. And I love and enjoy people all the time. But I'm that person that I will dig at people until they tell me the truth. Or dig at people until they tell me their feelings. Because too many times they're really suppressed in their life. And they're told to be silent. Or they're told that they're not supposed to feel or whatever. And you can't heal that way. So I was basically in my business like encouraging people to heal. But I was never doing it for myself. And that was also disappointing. Because I lived my life like in such a stressful chaos that I didn't even realize how much chaos it was like suppressing everything, explaining away things and then like pretending like it never happened. And that is so unhealthy. That is so freaking unhealthy that you can't even imagine how unhealthy that is. And psychologically, like, yes, your brain does like try to forget trauma so that it doesn't play like a movie in your head, but it was only at night and still, is only at night and you know my, my ex knew that I had night terrors um growing up and then I also had night terrors like right before I moved here um but he would talk to me every single night before bed because that was just our schedule and it was a good schedule because I enjoyed it so much to have like a positive thing to think about before I went to bed um and prayer we intensely prayed together prayed we intensely prayed together and had devotionals and stuff because you know, that was what I did and that's what we did together. And it was great to think about something great before bed. So I could just drift to sleep and he was very calming. His voice was very calming. And yeah, I didn't have those night terrors for a long time. And my only disturbance recently was realizing what was underneath the rug, pulling it all out and saying, I got to deal with this right now. And it was crazy on social media looking. It was crazy my team looking. It was crazy to people I was doing business with. So I stopped going to town. It was crazy to every person that realized that it was out of character for me. So, you know, me being put on bed rest to just kind of stay at home and like all of that still a bit triggering because I was at home for so many years, but I'm dealing and I wasn't dealing with it very well because I did obviously obtain alcohol and alcohol was triggering to me again because knocking the edge off with a substance was never what I wanted to do. So yes, I broke the, broke the, uh, sobriety. Um, so we're day one today, but we're going to keep going and not try to relapse again. Um, but yeah, owning that has been freeing to me that I drank crazily for three years in college, like crazily. Um, and then through my years, I wasn't allowed per se. I will say I was not allowed to have alcohol. Um, and then it came up again, um, probably about about four years ago um, on the application that me and my ex met on. Um, it was just drinking before we actually met and it was not good. The person I dated before him literally was an alcoholic and that wasn't good for me because he encouraged me to do the same. Not like pressured me, but just encouraged that to be okay. And then my friends, you know, were doing certain things and I was just doing it with them. So alcohol is not good for me and I know that and I guess, no, I know like owning the fact that I'm a recovering alcoholic is 
just freeing to say, I don't drink, not because like I'm any better than you, but because I can't handle it. Um, I'm a very addictive personality. And if I can give up nicotine and give up a lot of other things that are very strong willed to have to give up, I can give up alcohol because I do watch Brittany Jade on TikTok and she is, I think she's improved it. Yeah. Um, MLM. And I love her story because it's important to her that she shows the world like you can be friends with people around alcohol when you're ready, but I'm not ready for that. Um, especially when I go through stuff, like I can't just knock the edge off with alcohol cause it is like a spiraling death hole for me. Um, and yeah, I do a lot of bad spending habits and a lot of whatever I can get as like a dopamine hit. And that's not very good for you. So yeah, that's my truth. And this is where I'm at, but this is episode one. I'm going to continue on just seven episodes per season of something. And I haven't done a podcast in a long time because I've just not felt inspired to do so, but I'm inspired to just live an authentic life and own who I am and encourage other people to do the same. And this is the next chapter, whatever this is, this is the next chapter of my new normal, you know, being not someone that is pretending cause that was the coercion of my life. Um, of being around people that wanted to just pretend everything was okay. And that is not healthy either. And it's caused me a lot of problems over the years, to be honest. And I really want a healthy relationship one day. And I know that I can get there as long as I don't pretend to be happy. And I am happy to be honest. Um, I'm happy that I didn't go down a lot of destructive holes that I could have with a lot of temptations that were surrounding me, but I am happy and I've always wanted to live. There's never been a time where I'm like, I just want to die. I just want to leave this life. That was only in valleys where I was feeling very hopeless, but I was not too hopeless to reach out to a friend. So I'm really happy about that too. I have really good friends named Lizzie Morris and Heather Fox that talked me basically off a ledge back onto the right side of the ledge to say, you're going to get better one day. And I love that about myself. Like I'll always reach out um, to someone because I'm that cognitive about self-awareness and things that when I'm feeling really, really hopeless, I know that I'm not stuck. I know that I'm not a tree and I can move. I just need to know from guidance from at least somebody that is not in that hopelessness to help me to move somewhere. And so I've been, you know, trying to not be guilty or like upset that I've leaned too hard sometimes on my team. And, um, that's really hard. Um, but they don't know how much they have saved my life so many times for like, not cause I wanted to unalive anything or exit life, but just in my hopelessness, they had no idea. And I tell them this is all the time is like, they have no idea how much them showing up like really mattered to me. And like, my upline making a video that she did. Um, my upline is like really great. And everybody up all up the lines of our team and everything. Plus our CEOs, they're really great. And they like always remind us that we're so loved. Um, but my upline, um, great person. And, um, I just always praised her for never giving up on me, period. No matter how weird it's gotten, because it's gotten pretty weird. And then my top, top leader um, that's like way past me, um, the same thing. Because we were like friends in our last company before she ever joined me in this company. So we're like, our friendship goes way back. And um, yeah, I just didn't want to carry guilt of like, leaning too much on her as well because she is she's like my downline but she's like my bestie you know and I've changed her name so many times on my phone like it's ridiculous um but she knows that I love the crap out of her and adore the fact that she's doing so well and so does my team like my front line is like my whole small circle of trust family and I'll always be there for them because they have always never known how much I needed them 
and their positivity and them seeing me how I should see myself. Um, so yeah, it's taken a long time and a long journey through network marketing to like find myself. And I'm so proud that I'm doing this as a career. It's hard sometimes. It really is mentally, but it's so worth it because my customers too, like my customers respect the hell out of me and I respect them so much. And like, they had no idea what I was going through. And even to this day, they message me and they're like, family, even. Like, they're so proud of me, like genuinely. And my genuine relationships that I've had mean so much to me. And like, I can just call up my customers randomly and they answer and they talk to me. Not about my problems, but just about believing in myself still and, like, how far I've come. And, like, that is so, like, my jam. Like, it's so real. Of course, I have people that are closer to and all these things. But just the fact that that's who follows me. I don't have 15,000 followers. But my quality of followers is so good. And I love them so much. Like, I love the extra army so much. And I love the extra empire like so much (laughs) that whenever I felt like I was getting a little crazy, I just removed myself not to like say goodbye. (laughs) Even though my team fought, they were like, you're not leaving us, are you? And I was like, no, I would never leave you because you're the only thing in my life that is so good. But, um... I just remove myself because when I feel like I'm hurting someone, it's like in a relationship, I like end it. Um, but I was trying not to end it in my upper upline because I didn't even want to tell my upline anything. But um, I went to my upper upline, Melissa, and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, I want to quit. I want to like remove myself. She's like, no, you don't. <laughs> She's like, you're making an emotional decision. And I'm so thankful for that call. Because she's the best person ever. And she like talked me off the ledge onto the backside of the good ledge. And nobody ever on my team knew that until I expo- I always expose myself. <laughs> I always tell my truth transparently sometime or another. Um, so that my leaders know that they're not always going to be perfect. And they're not always going to make the right decisions. And they're not always going to be this plastic Stepford wife. They just need to be who they are. And Melissa talked me back onto the ledge of the right side. And the only time that I ever left all the communities that I had put myself in and the tables that I had set at because they let me, they allowed me into their space because they trusted me so much, um, was when I was severely overloaded in my personal life. And I didn't want to bleed into any of that because I've worked so hard to, you know, be who I am, but more authentically, feeling my feelings isn't nice either. <laughs> I think my one um, frontline person, she knows who she is. She's like, I always tell her, like, you don't like to feel your feelings. I'm, I'm not going to make you cry or, like, make you force you to feel your feelings, but we're the same person, and she didn't even know that because she thinks that me telling all my stuff on social media and everything and, like, in calls and stuff is, like, me feeling my feelings. No. She had no idea. Um, I love her to death, though. She's, like, my people. <laughs> My front line, I am so proud of. I'm so proud of the people that have, like, come to my front line and stayed through so much. (laughs) And they had no idea that my memory was so bad. And I didn't really accept that either. Um, But I preach consistency. But the reason I'm inconsistent in certain areas, like, I still haven't sent one of my teammates a pillow that I purchased her. um, Is because I forgot it was there. And it's just your brain like suppressing trauma and your brain being so unfocused with anxiety and like whatever that you don't remember stuff. Um, I remember when I was younger, I put my dad's phone into the dishwasher and I washed it. (laughs) It's just like random stuff like that has been my whole life. Um, But more intensely, when I started network marketing and it's such like a businessy, like hyper-focused 
and, you know, get better, get better, get better and never focus on your own feelings and stuff. So that's why I encourage people on my team to do therapy. So I'm going to actually do that now um, more intensely. I have been in therapy for the past here in the past, like, uh, what has it been like two years? Um, but more intensely focused on PTSD recently to help me to sort through all of this. Um, so yeah, I have to go cause it's cutting me off apparently, but <laughs> yeah, I talk a lot because I was silenced for so many years and I express myself so genuinely because people need to know that you're not alone in this. And I definitely did feel alone because I kept my stuff very much on lock and key. Um, I don't know judgment. I don't know who I was around super religious. I don't know. My family was always super religious, but you know, accepting alcoholism, that was not in my plans. Also, I wanted to protect somebody that I loved, um, that is very young and a minor and that loves me dearly and calls me a name that means a lot to me. Like it's a very important role in my life to be in that person's life. And she's not gonna listen to my podcast, but she definitely watches my content. And I just, I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't want, I wanted to protect her more than anything. And that was not right as well. Um, but I did my best because I know what she has seen in her life. And I just wanted to create like stability as a role model for at least that one little girl in my life. And now it's two little girls, but anyways, they mean a lot to me and they're not my children, but they might as well be because I love them so much. Um, and I know that other people's children on my team, like they love me as well. So it was not something that I wanted to portray to little children that it's okay. Cause it's not okay. Um, but accepting yourself who you are and like letting people see that and heal through that, that is okay. Um, so if your child consumes this kind of stuff, obviously it's not my problem, but I just want to be like the best role model for the children. Cause I was a children. I was a children. I was a child that needed a really good, strong role model. And, um, that's how I feel. So Anyways, we're going to go through some healing with this and cope. And I've always been an advocate for addiction and um, alcoholism because, you know, it was my thing that was just mine. Um, And I also watched people around me on the substances that are man-made and not too much of the earth, but like the ones that are man-made that ruin their life. For a little while, temporarily, or for the rest of their life, who knows? It's up to them to take their days one day at a time. And so if I've ever reached out to you about your addiction, it's because I get it. And it's I, I'm owning it now. It's not fair that I didn't own it before, but that's just my brain. And I'll take it now because I need to for my own sanity. And not feeling like I'm living in a secret and feeling like I'm being the best role model by doing so. Cause I freaking love Brittany Jade. Like she's on TikTok, like telling everybody all the time, like you can do this. And I watched her so intentionally, but I never knew why. Cause I was just like in denial that there was a problem. So admit that you have a problem. If you have to measure it, you probably have a problem. <laughs> so anyways, that's not just who I was 10 years ago. It's like who I am still recovering. Hi, my name is Cindy and I'm a recovering alcoholic amongst other things. PTSD is very strong in my life. Anxiety, it comes and goes now. It used to be really intense, but it's not that anymore because I'm holistic with my vitamin deficiencies and all the things, keeping it really efficient and I'm going to be okay there. And like, I'm really sound with myself So the PTSD triggers are just like things that remind me of bad things that I've seen, been through, or smelled. Smells are intense for me. I cannot smell peanut butter. I thought it was getting better, but it's not. Um, And then certain other smells, like even the perfume that I used to wear in college, I'm still wearing. And it just sent me on a trip of like where I was when I was doing certain things that I was not supposed to be doing. Um, So it's like... All these different smells remind you of things, textures, um, 
you know, people saying certain things, but it's my responsibility. I want you to know that your triggers are your responsibility. We cannot walk and dance around people's triggers. You just have to get yourself the help that you need to not feel like you're going to lose control of yourself or you're going to lose like your sanity or you're going to lose your peace, I guess, or your calmness and stuff. So I do have peace and harmony, um, essential oils and it helps. It has like peppermint oil in there and like something else. And those essential oils that are topical, like mix it with a little bit of, um, coconut oil and then put it on yourself topically or diffuse it. And it really helps. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to treat myself holistically. If the psych or everybody thinks I need medicine of a different kind, that's actually going to help this situation. Then they'll put me on it and I'll trust them because I'm always a good patient. I always reach out to nurses that I know are nurses, medical staff, um, that are actually in the field and have been for a long time. I have a customer that she's like a medical director of some kind, um, in Texas. And I trust her opinion cause she, you know, gives me sound advice. That is actually something I can take to my doctor, you know, but as far as like people saying you need those words, kill me, you need, like, no, you need to mind your own business. Like, you need to let my doctors do what they need to do. And I will be the patient, the very best patient. I'm not like other people that are, like, when they tell me not to drink caffeine for anxiety, I do it anyway. No, I don't. I, like, cut caffeine out. Um, or they say nicotine's bad for anxiety. No, I cut it out. Or they say, you know, like, with your lady problems, you need to not drink alcohol to excess. And I didn't. I drank a little bit, but I'm still saying that's a problem for me. But I am a very good patient when I go see medical professionals. I don't fear the dentist. I love the dentist. I don't fear, you know, hospitals or anything because I've been there a long time with, like, careers that I've had uh, or jobs, what do you even call it? Um, and if you've ever seen me in person, I carry around, like, medical stuff to take care of myself because sometimes I'll get to be, like, a machine, hyper-focused on business and not eat just like a normal person. Um, but it causes me some problems whenever I forget to eat, um, obviously. And my hysterias in life have just been from like not knowing what's wrong with me. And I'm by myself. Like I don't have a partner there. I don't have anybody with me. I'm just trying to figure myself out in that moment of whatever's going wrong. So if you've ever seen me in person, then you know, like I think, oh my gosh, can you help me with my blood sugar? My old boss, Miss Terry, she was very helpful a lot with, you know, what do you need? And she's in the middle of doing something and she still like gives me something to eat. Or and I and I have like guilt over that, like I'm interrupting her business process. And that's not the case. It's just where my brain goes because of my like PTSD and like how people have reacted to me over the years of like I'm inconveniencing them. Or, you know, like I'm an obligation to take care of or something like that. So that's my truth. Um, and my um, family member, Brandy, she like has a lot of knowledge to be a doctor, but she's not a doctor. And she helped me so much by just FaceTiming her and like, what is going on? What can I tell my doctor before I get there so that I don't spend like 80 hours in the ER or in the urgent care to try to help me to figure out what's going on. And my best friend, my best friend, Elena has always helped me to not feel crazy. Like no matter what the world was telling me, she always told me like, Cindy, you are such a good person and you are so worthy of a lot of things and you are going to get better one day. And like, I thought at like 30, this would actually be happening. And it is because I had a radical awakening that I needed to just own my stuff take care of what's underneath the rug, heal over that completely, take some time off of work and just like do the bare minimum a little bit and like focus on, you know, what Cindy needs, not what everybody on my team needs, not what everybody in my family needs, what everybody this and everybody that, what do I need? And my team has been lovely. My, you know, upline, downlines, all the people on my front line, they're so amazing. People that freaking love me. Um, for me, genuinely with pure intentions, they're so kind to me. Um, and you know, my neighbors and they've been super kind to me and my church is always so kind to me. They came caroling tonight at my house because I haven't been there 
I haven't been to church for obvious reasons, just staying in my house away from people. Um, and they came to me, they gave me some chocolate today and they gave me a night of caroling and it just is a spirit lifter. Um, and I'm just going to take the time to heal. And this is therapeutic and all the things. So we're going to work through this together because it's a process. Let's call this the healing segment. Appreciate you guys for listening. If you don't mind, you know, if you have to email me, email me at ask, A-S-K-V-T-H-E, Cindy Carter, C-Y-N-D-I-C-A-R-T-E-R at gmail.com. And then also like any social media is probably extra empire, facebook.com slash extra empire. TikTok is extra empire and Instagram is extra empire or the Cindy Carter. I'm not really sure. Um, and just be aware and have some understanding and mercy and grace that I forget things. I don't mean to, but I forget things. I have reminders in my phone out the wazoo, but sometimes that gets overwhelming. I never have my notifications on for things. If you text me and I forget to look over there or whatever, if it's important, blow me up. Like, send me a letter in the mail. Like, come to my house. I don't know. Like, I forget things because that's just my brain. And doing all this is really cleansing because I'm talking to the world that listens and I'm not explaining myself in 4,000 messages or trying to explain myself on a live video. Like, this is my place. Come back here for the healing journey. So then episode one is kind of like an understanding. So we'll call this understanding of me. And then throughout the rest, it'll be like lessons on life and healing because I'm walking the walk. I... I hate when people talk the talk and don't walk the walk. And that was eating me alive, knowing that I was trying to allow people to heal around me um, and encouraging them to do the same. But I wasn't taking the time to lift that rug that was so lumpy underneath of it and just take a look at everything to have the best 2022 redemption year that I want to have. I've always been manifesting that, but I didn't know what it was. And a smart, smart person that I love dearly said to me in low, low times that when an arrow is pulled back, okay, all this valley or whatever I'm going through and the storms, it's being, it's being pulled back so that it can be propelled forward. And I absolutely believe that in my heart um, to be true. And I hold that true in my mantra every single day that eventually I'll get there to be able to feel like I can tell people the truth that I was a mass pretender because I was around a mass pretender. And now that I'm not around a mass pretender anymore, I just have to say that I'm really happy because I am. Um, I love life. I love my team. I love everything going on in my life. I just didn't want to ruin it by not taking care of myself. And it was highly encouraged by my friends, my family, my coworkers, my colleagues, whatever you call them, my teammates, my customers, my Every person that I talk to, just take care of yourself. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I was in denial that I wanted to even take care of myself mentally. It was just saying like, what are you angry about still? What are you hurt by still? Hurt is bigger than anger. Um, Because it's not like an out of touch of reality. It's more like a lot of hurt that I never looked at. And it's important. Like Kate Hughes um, going live on her, going live. Doing stuff on her story, telling her story on her stories, like really encouraged me to do this podcast because, you know, sometimes we just, as social media influencers, need people to understand. And you don't have a lot of time in a live video or anywhere else, any other space on social media to like tell your truth. So this is Into the Light. This is Cindy Carter's Truth. And we're going to heal together six more episodes of healing. And then we're moving forward with something else. Um, and then there's someone very special that's going to pick it up in a book and we're going to do some great things with that. So that's already been offered and I'm just waiting on, you know, me having the time and space to heal and get some phone calls in, but there is a book that's going to come out and I'm excited about the title. I'm excited about the cover, working on the cover photo with a very well, um, I say very well known, but she's, she needs to be known. Miss Amy, Amy McCarroll. Um, that has two books working on the third, I believe. Um, she's been a great friend for me through so many years and she's just helping me so much step closer and closer into the light. Thank you guys for listening.
Bye-bye.